The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, a bi-monthly anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Half Price Books, Edmund Unplugged, Loot and XP, Boarding House, Paseo Plunge, Museum of Osteology, Commonplace Books, as well as your favorite comic book store and nearest library. You can find out more locations and more information at okiecomics.com. Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 210 of the Okie Geek Podcast. I'm Michael Cross. KOSU has a new podcast telling the story of the Sooner State from a variety of perspectives. Here to talk about imaginary Oklahoma is Allison Herrera. Allison, welcome to the Okie Geek Podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Michael. So tell us about imaginary Oklahoma. So uh, the podcast Imaginary Oklahoma is based on a book that's put out by that was put out and published by this land press in I believe it was 2013. The um, so this land press, if some of your listeners may not know, is a um, it's a it's a store. It's a pub. It's a it used to be um, a quarterly um, publishing house that had a a magazine that featured. Um, uh, journalism, uh, short stories, artwork, uh, photography, all from um, photography and stuff are all from Oklahoma. And really, it's writing about um, re- trying to tell the story of Oklahoma from a um, you know from the Oki perspective. I guess mm. uh, I'm a, an Oki myself. I I consider myself an honorary Oki. <laughs> but um, the, so the book uh, is basically a, a number of short stories that was edited by Jeff Martin. I'm actually going to go get the book right now. Yeah. They, um, there's, you know, there's probably around 30 stories in here. And the goal was to get writers to, um, to get a perspective about Oklahoma from outside, um, outside the state. So the editor, Jeff Martin, you know, put out a call and authors, um, you know, fiction writers and, and authors, um, you know, some of whom are very famous wrote, uh, wrote these stories, some having to do with, you know, um, Tom Mix, um, Rest Stops, uh, The Blue Whale of Katusa, and, and different, um, you know, just different things um, that I guess they saw uh, made Oklahoma unique. So iconic things that maybe they hadn't actually visited, so they kind of made the, their own stories about them. Exactly. <laughs> um, a perfect example would be uh, the the story um, of all places, and we haven't heard that story yet being read on the air. But mm-hmm. um, it's uh, the character is this man who um, I'm sorry. Let me find out. Let me. I'll yeah. give you the name of the woman that wrote the story. But the the main character is this man who finds himself in a really um, you know his life is basically falling apart, and he has moved from place you know one place to another, and he finally finds himself in Oklahoma. His wife is uh, cheating on him. Um, his wife is a high school teacher and is um, having an affair with one of her students. And all people can say to him is, why, you know, of all places, like, why did you move to Oklahoma? As if, you know, like, the place that they weren't, that they were living in isn't as, um, you know, you know, what, what makes what makes Oklahoma so bad? Like, and mm-hmm. anyway, so... That's one story, um, and actually one of my favorite stories, which we heard 
a couple of weeks ago, um, the Tigers of the Oklahoma Pool Halls yeah. uh, by tu- um, Tupelo Hassman is a great story. And at first, when I read the story, I was like, I don't, I don't know what this is about. And and when um, the the woman who read it in the uh, and I should know her name, and it's been so long since I produced this podcast that I can't remember, <laughs> but I will get the name. She when she read the story, it became I was like, oh, this is. I know exactly what this story is about. It's about these people and their lives in this in this small town and kind of, you know, grow like growing up and and um, you know finding out who they were. And there's a line where she's you know they um, you know hip slams into tables and and, and like some of these people were um, you know didn't recognize themselves in the night and it's just a really lovely piece and I and I love the way um I love the way that it was read and I I just think the work that Scott Bell and I did on the production side just really brought it to life so and yeah one of my favorites uh, we aired this week was the drinking game yes that's a great a story by Carolyn Parkhurst and I I myself read that one uh John Cooper who's a former um uh, you know worked at KOSU mm-hmm. and is also um part of the Red Dirt Rangers he I I when I read that piece I actually thought of him and I thought wow he would be great to read on this podcast and the other woman that plays um Oklahoma is Liz Blood who is a uh, uh, a journalist, uh, a writer, and it's uh, part of the Tulsa Artist Fellowship. And so she, um, she she did that piece wonderfully. And actually, she read Rough Stop, which was last, last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. really good. Yeah, they're all really good. I mean, I think, um, you know, when I first moved to Oklahoma in 2016, um, you know, I was, really, I was really struck by the state's rest stops, um, I just really love, I love gas, I love rest stop gas, gas stations because of all the snacks and all, you know, just like, I like that feeling of stopping off the highway mm-hmm. and then getting a cold drink, especially in Oklahoma when it gets really hot and you have to drive a lot in the state. So I, I thought about my experiences at various quick trips and rest stops um, around the state as I'm driving to talk to people and meet people and just get to know get to know the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, and they're they're little 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 slices of their own personality uh, as you drive down the road because all, there's you it's completely all, all, there's there's no other towns around. It's just this one gas station that you can stop at. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you're lucky if you can get like, you know, maybe some cheese popcorn and a <laughs> diet soda or like I don't know or like a hot dog and a and a piece of pizza. My favorite is the quick is the quick trip in Tulsa at 15th and Denver. And while although that's not a rest stop, it's a quick trip that I have frequented very uh, that I have frequented many times. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And so yeah. when 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 people are trying to write, I, I, it's, I, it's got, is it difficult to write a story about a place you've never been before? I think you know some people. I asked that question to some people about how they approach writing about Oklahoma, and especially because I think a lot of people see that Oklahoma as, you know, quote-unquote flyover country, mm-hmm. and there's this tendency to think about there's absolutely nothing between California and the East Coast. But I think that this assignment of them trying to write about a state that they haven't been to was trying to 
I guess, you know, trying to challenge some of those notions of what, what they think of Oklahoma is and, and, and isn't. And I think some of it just starts out with maybe what they've read in the news or if they've seen the musical Oklahoma, which, of course, <laughs> is not representative of Oklahoma at all. Um, but also the natural, the, the landscape of Oklahoma. Um, and, you know, I, uh, like I said, you know, some of the things that they may have heard about the uh, about the state. Yeah. And I, of course, I, uh, as I hear them, there's none of them that are in any way uh, malicious or derogatory toward Oklahoma. No. And I think that, that, you know, I chose some stories on I chose stories on purpose that didn't reflect that because I was really conscious of the fact that, you know, you have this out, you have people from outside of the state writing about the state when there are plenty of people in Oklahoma that already write about what's going on. I mean, we're journalists, you know, we, we write about it, we talk about it. There are plenty of people that are, you know, I mean, come on, you've got some of the most famous authors that live here, Joy Harjo, you know, um, and Scott Mamaday. I mean, we, we just have like a wealth of people that are already writing about this state. But I, I think, do you think that there's room for other people to talk about it and give their own unique perspective? I mean, Oklahoma deserves that attention. Yeah, and it, it well, it's a, it's a good exercise for any writer to uh, well, I mean, when you talk about some like fantasy writers or science fiction writers, they basically mm-hmm. are going they're they're writing about a place they've never been either. Yeah, exactly, and I think that that's that's a really good way to put it is that you're writing about a place that you haven't been. You can only imagine, you know, mm-hmm. you can only imagine what Enid, Oklahoma, looks like, or you know, the town of Stillwater, uh, and I think it's just really up to you to. Um, you know, to to imagine what a place would be like. I mean, the, so what's interesting is the one story, Tom Mix, which is also a really good one that I liked um, by John Crowley. I remember he I he I interviewed him and he said that he had gone on a road trip and he remembers passing through Oklahoma and he stopped at the Tom Mix Museum in Dewey. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, um, you know, that just made a big that made a, an impression on him because. He related that to going on these long car trips that he went on when he was little. So I think that was the jumping off point. Again, it's like of all places. You know, it starts with this idea of a character and being put in a situation. And that's, this, that's true of, of rest stop as well. The, the, writer, the, the writer of that piece said she just had this one idea of the standoff between the mother and the lo- standoff about the locked bathroom. And then it became about something else, you know, it became about this man's relationship with his wife and, you know, and their future and their and, and the way that they interacted. And I thought that that was really clever, you know, that a rest stop could lead to these questions. And I think that goes back to the one of the reasons why I like rest stops, because, <laughs> you know, it's a place of kind of this may sound very exotic, but like sort of um, mystery and a little, and also danger too. You know, rest stops are notoriously known for, you know, being a little, uh, if you're a woman traveling by yourself, like I would never stop at a rest stop by myself, but a gas station rest stop, you know, I mean, being a place of wonder and mystery and, and a place where you contemplate your life and, and your future. Yeah. And I, what I love about the podcast also is there is that little insight. Uh, it's not just the story being read. Uh, there is a little mm-hmm. bit of an insight, like with Rest Stop, about how, a little bit about the writer's process. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's not true of all of them. You know, some of some of the people that we talked, to, that I asked to be interviewed, they declined, um, whether they're busy or whatever. But, you know, 
uh, I think that really makes that made it really rich. Um, one one story I really wanted uh, that I really wanted the author to talk about to to talk with us was Stillwater, and that was by Matt von Durant, who wrote. Um, please let me look it up. He he wrote this. He wrote the um, the book that this really famous uh, script. Um, this movie was based on, and I'm going to look it up right now so that I know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, it he uh, he wrote um, the wettest country in the world, which I believe was turned into a um, uh, a really famous movie called Lawless by directed by John Hillcoat. So, and he wrote that that story, Stillwater, and you know there, that was been also an interesting piece, and it was an interesting piece to put to to produce because. You know, it's about Sooner Lake and Stillwater, mm-hmm. or Boomer Lake, excuse me, yeah. Stillwater. And, you know, contrast the story of this boy who doesn't think that he's actually a ghost with the town of Stillwater, which I associate with, you know, OK State and 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 Bedlam. I, I think the first time I ever visited Stillwater was during Bedlam, and I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> but I remember, and I was like, "Wow, there's a lot of people here." But I rem, but I do remember, you know, they turn the fountains orange. You know, it's a very like fest. You know, they really are excited about football in that town, and and so that was a big contrast to the story, which is, you know, a very serious story, and you know, a really it had a lot of tension in it. Yeah, and I, I I understand that this is going. This is just the first season. How many episodes do we have in the first season? We have two more. Oh, so we have seven episodes in the first season, and I think we're talking about possibly doing a second season. Um, and I'll have to you know talk with Rachel about that. Yeah, um, yeah. Will this only be in the um, uh, just just again the, the same premise of just people from outside? Or are we going to change it up? What do any ideas about where this might go? Um, I'm hoping that we can do some more, produce some more stories from the book. Uh, I think that would be great. Um, I know that we've also asked listeners to contribute their own writing about Oklahoma. So maybe there, there'll be a, an opportunity for more audience participation in the podcast. So there's that. Uh, and, and then I, I, I'm not sure actually what I'd like to see, you know, I, I'd love to meet, meet all of the people that, you know, read for the, uh, read for the for, for the series, um, I mean, they just did really incredible work, and I'm going to find their names so that I can t- say them out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I, I think based on the book, um, I think that that was the uh, that was the whole idea in the first place to was to collaborate with this land press and and be able to highlight this you know highlight the work that people have done and and highlight what this land press does. Yeah, because it's 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 really neat to hear this side of Oklahoma that that I don't think anybody's getting right now, unless you've you've read the book. And I and uh, I don't know if people outside of Tulsa even know about this land press. I don't think so either, um, which is interesting because uh, it is a really Tulsa-based publication. Uh, you know, and when I first moved to town, I remember reading I remember reading a book, reading one of the this land episodes. You know, or this land press books and I was just so impressed with the writing and so impressed with all of the photos and just the depth that the all of the contributors had and um, you know that's where I met Russell Cobb who is a, a writer and Apollonia Pena who you know we're collaborating on a podcast together so um, yeah I mean I, I just think it's a great it's a great publication and I hope that they do um, bring back the quarterly um, quarterly again. 
and I'd love to see them do events around the state. Is it actually, is it still being released in some, in some way, or is it, is it mostly just... Um, I think it's mainly, it's mainly just back issue. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they've done, you know, they do a lot of reissue of, um, of, of books and stuff, and, and which are great. And then they also, uh, you know, they at one point, um, sorry, at one point they, um, excuse me, at one point... They were producing, uh, a, they had a television show, and then they produced a couple of movies, one one of which was um, uh, This May Be the Last Time by Sterling Harjo, um, mm. and which was just incredible. You know, I mean, um, that's, that's actually, you know, I saw, I met Sterling, and then I knew that he had done some work for the Slam Press. Well, it's amazing how much Oklahomans come together like that. I mean, with Sterling Harjo mm-hmm. and with this land press, it's just people. You, you, it's not. It's inevitable that that because I consider this kind of a small state um, that you you yeah. you work you want to work together with other people of the state that kind of care about what's going on. Yeah, I remember one time uh, I was at this was at a a party that I went to. I don't know, this is a couple of years ago. And I remember talking to a couple of people there that I didn't know. And, and I was just really um, marveled of the fact that people, somebody said, you know, it's not like people don't say, ask you um, like how many, like if you're involved in chair, you know, charitable organizations or if you volunteer your time, it's like, what do you volunteer for and how many are you volunteering for? I think yeah. that there's just an incredible spirit in the state. And, and like I said, I don't, I'm not from Oklahoma. I don't, um, but I really have grown to love the state a lot. I, I think people have a, a big misconception about what the people are like and, and what the state is like. And especially, you know, just people that don't, you know, people that don't go down there. I mean, I think they associate like this, like I said, the musical Oklahoma and maybe, um, uh, and maybe the Dust Bowl, which I guess yeah, I, I wouldn't say those are the best representations <laughs> of the state. But, you know, I'm, uh, even though I'm the producer for Imaginary Oklahoma, I'm also um, the Indigenous Affairs reporter for KLSU. Mm-hmm. And for anybody that listens to this podcast outside of the state, um, you, you might may or may not know that Oklahoma is home to like 39 federally recognized tribes. And that's a really, um, they play a huge role in the state's economy. They, they, um, they, they contribute to our, you know, the state's educational system, and they're just a fabric of people's everyday lives in a way that I haven't seen in any other, you know, in in Minnesota where I, where you know, where I've lived for the last twenty years, mm-hmm. and we definitely have a, a, a high native population in this state, but it's nothing like it is in Oklahoma, and that's something I really loved and appreciated. Yeah, and you mentioned the Grapes of Wrath. I, I couldn't help but think, but that's another. John Steinbeck never actually came to Oklahoma. He interviewed uh, people I, that's, who'd that's, immigrated. That's true, and, it, and it's such an influential book. I, yeah. I mean, I think of that book, I, you're absolutely right. I think of that book being in the place that I grew up in, which is central in the central coast of California, and just the struggles that, you know, people that came from Oklahoma because of the Dust Bowl to California. I remember my grandmother talking about that. And I remember her experience with the, you know, she talked about, you know, the great depression and talked about people coming from Oklahoma. And she remembers those people, you know, the poverty and the desperation that people felt coming from Oklahoma. And I think that that's left that, you know, has left such an indelible scar on the state, I think. And, and I think it's such a part of people's identity that, you know, you know, we were talking about, you know, people 
being involved in things. And, and I think that there's just this spirit in Oklahomans that it's like, you know, they've been through such hard times, you know, and I think that makes them want to, you know, lift up other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where we, of course we get the term Oki. Uh, what I think we've, <laughs> we've tried to reclaim that, I think now, because I, do, I definitely think that there's a lot to reclaim in that word. <laughs> I think it's a point of pride for sure. It's a very, um, uh, it's a, I, like I said, I, I consider myself to be an honorary Okie, even though I'm you know, not. <laughs> yeah. And, and well, of course, I, I think that's the other thing is we are, I think because we know we first off are fairly new. I mean, the state's only, you know, just a little bit more than 120 years old. Um, and so we, 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 we know what it's like to have people come into the state. And I think we're a little bit more accepting of the, the outsiders who want to come in and just enjoy what we have, you know, not, not necessarily people who come in and try and change anything that we try to do, but, but the people who come in and, and bring their own personality. I think we love that. Yeah, definitely. And and I think that that's what's really important about the book is that it's bringing a, a sense of personality to the, mm-hmm. a different personality to the state. So yeah. yeah. So uh, so we say we we might have a couple more se- second season. We or might so. have a season two. I, I'm just not sure yet. So don't um uh don't um hold me to that. <laughs> yeah. How long does it take to put an episode together? I mean, you've got to find the story first off. Then how how long mm-hmm. does it take to put all that stuff together? Well, you know, thanks to Ryan Howell um, of the Tulsa Story, uh, the Tulsa Story Club, he um, did an, an amazing job in helping me find the people that read the story. And those mm-hmm. people are Anthony Brinkley, uh, who read Tom Mix, uh, C.R. Parsons. She runs, actually, C.R. Parsons is really interesting really great. She runs this, um, and well, so is Anthony Brinkley, had an incredible voice. Um, he, he read Tom Mix, and then we also were going to do Whale of Katusa. But uh, C.R. Parsons runs this um, uh, poetry museum out in, um, why can't I think of the name? Locust Grove. That's where she runs. Oh, she has yeah. like, this little um, poetry museum there. She read, uh, she read um, the, I'm sorry, no, C.R. Parsons, he read The Violinist. That's the last story um she um so anthony brinkley um cr parsons um let's see it was sandra slade she read of she's going to read all of all places liz miller um see uh john cooper obviously myself and i'm trying to find the woman's name that read um tigers at the oklahoma pool hall because it's just so good um but those, I mean, so and Ryan Howell, who read Stillwater, but he was the one that really connected me with a lot of people to to read these stories, and they just did a phenomenal job. And there's some stories in there that we, I had people read for that we didn't turn into, um, didn't turn in, didn't produce for the podcast, mm-hmm. um, but they were still really good. So yeah, yeah, that's that's just amazing that all these people could would come mm-hmm. together to to do this and and to hear their yeah. their, their their unique voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's yeah. phenomenal Sean to hear. Sean Perkins, that's oh. the woman's name that read Tigers of the Oklahoma Pool Hall. Oh, Tigers of the Oklahoma Pool Halls, and she's the one that has the poetry museum out in Locust Grove. And Sean she's Perkins, really she was great. so it was so amazing because it was so mm-hmm. you. It, she just sucked you into that story. Totally, totally. And, and like I said, you know, when, after she read that story, it just became really clear what, mm-hmm. what it was about. So, yeah. So we've heard uh, um, four, I think, so far this on KOSU. How many more do we expect? Three? Two more. Two more. Uh, 
So of all places and the violinist, those are the two that are left. And those air on yeah. Wednesday mornings yeah. and Wednesday afternoons. Mm-hmm. So it's going to yep. be really easy. To, but if nothing else, you guys uh, can be found. At, uh, you guys are on KOSU.org, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then um, you can find them wherever you get your podcasts, like Apple or Stitcher mm-hmm. or Spotify or wherever. Right? We're on, we should be on there. Is there anything anywhere else that people can find uh, Imaginary Oklahoma as far as uh, Facebook, Twitter? They any- could probably, um, you know, if they wanted, they could go to This Land Press. Um, 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 they could go to This Land Press and they could uh, find the book and buy the book on This Land Press. Go thislandpress.org backslash imaginary. Right. And it was, of course, going to This Land Press anyway. Uh, you know, this is a publication that, you know, could certainly help use people that just want to be a part of the literary process that unfortunately I think is Mm -hmm. because of the internet is kind of dying out that old uh, idea of a zine uh, magazine type of. Well, I do think that people really enjoyed buying the magazine, you know, buying the book um, and buying that used to be a broadsheet before it was a book. And so I do think that there is, um, even though the internet has taken over, um, you know, the reading of our news and other things, I do think that um, I do think that there is, still a hunger for the, the word on print and paper. And I, and I definitely think that this land, um, you know, feeds that. Yeah. And that's, I think people do. I, I, I enjoy still grabbing a book and opening it. It is still, there's mm-hmm. something amazing about that, that, that just, you can't get from an e-reader, which, yeah. I, you know, I like e-readers cause I can take them on vacation, but boy, just opening a book yeah. is still just amazing. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Uh, Allison, anything else? How can people get, get in touch with you if they need to? Um, if they want it, they can email me at Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N, at KOSU.org. Good deal. And uh, and, and it's, it's really exciting that, that you're putting this together and that you're, you're, you're part of what's going on in the Oki tradi- Oklahoma tradition right now. Indeed, yeah. So that's our show. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Okie Geek Podcast. That's also the address for our Gmail account. Would love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at KOSU Michael C. And do you or someone you know have an event or maybe something geeky coming up? Please let us know so we can talk about it on our show. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Be sure and subscribe, rate us, and leave a comment. Until next time. Along with Allison Herrera, I'm Michael Cross, reminding you to keep calm and geek on.